Ernie did a real good job on 14 to 17. And so I'm going to try to hit the middle of it, and then somebody else is going to finish 24 to 26. Uh, 18 to 23, chapter 2. I want to start off, well, let's pray first. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Father God, thank you for this time with my brothers and sisters this evening, Lord of Fellowship, Lord. And Father, I just want to just uh, give you all praise, honor, and glory, giving thanks to you always for everything, Lord. And Lord, we just want to ask for forgiveness of our sins, that you cleanse our hearts and minds, Lord, that we may be one in you right now, Lord. And Father, that you take away all the distractions, all the attacks, Lord. And Father, that we just may focus on your, on your awesome word, Lord. And Father God, we just pray for all those out there right now, Lord, that uh, are being persecuted, Lord, the persecuted church out there. Uh, Pastor Saheed out in Iran, Lord, we just made a deal. And of course, he left him out of the deal, Lord. And all the rest of the brothers that are out there on the front lines, these brothers are on the front lines. I mean, they're out there stepping out and they're truly stepping out in their faith, Lord. And Father God, we just lift them up to you. We lift up the pastors in Sudan, Lord, and we pray for them, Lord. We pray for all our brothers and sisters in, in the churches in Korea and China, Lord, that are underground, Lord, and not able to fellowship like we are today right now, Lord. Not able to, to carry the Bible around and just uh, preach the word out in the open, Lord. We don't know how long that's going to happen, Lord, but while, it's, while, it's, you know, it's long, while we're able to do it, Lord, let us be bold in the word of God, Lord. Let us go out and preach it from the mountaintop, Lord. Let us just yell it out, Lord. Because, Lord, times are coming, Lord, where, where it's not, it's not going to be good for us Christians, Lord. It's really not. And now we're gonna, you're going you're to divide the sheep from the goat, Lord. Who of us that are really willing to stand up for the word of God, Lord, and to, uh, to, to be soldiers for the word of God, Lord? So go before us, Lord. Go before this study. Give me wisdom, Lord. Speak to me as you speak to them, Lord. Lord, go, go through us like through, by your Holy Spirit and just touch the hearts and souls of everybody here, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this honor and privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> I want to start off with um, Psalm 3, 1 to 8. And it's kind of an encouraging psalm. It was a psalm that David, David wrote when he was uh, fleeing Absalom, his son. It said, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Do you feel that in troubled times? when it's, Things are starting to close around us right now. You know, we're, we're, we're beginning to be the problem. Why, why, you know, they can't pass laws and they can't do this and they can't do that. You know, um, all the justices right now, five people, you know, thumbed their nose at God and said, no, we'll, we'll redefine marriage and we'll tell you what it is, God. It, 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 it's, it's a serious matter. It's very serious because I think our country just did a big turnaround. And by arming up Iran like we did with this kind of agreement, so-called agreement, where, you know, it's exciting times for us, guys, because... We know that this is supposed to happen. But, you know, being 60 years old, I, you know, 60 years in this country, I, I love this country. I don't put it before God, but I love it. And, and I just hate the way it's, 
and these last six and a half years has just taken a dive. Of course, it's been starting before. But now it's just taken a drastic dive. And it's really sad. It says, I cry out to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hills. Salah. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. Do you feel the substance of God every day in your life? You know, the, the lunch we take, the car we drive to work, the jobs we have. It's all about him sustaining us because he will take care of his children. I will not be afraid of 10,000 peoples who have set themselves against me all around. This world is closing, closing in on us, guys, real fast. But you know what? You know, although we're, 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 we're crushed, God is always there for us. And it says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. You bless, your blessing is upon your people. God will never leave us nor forsake us. He's going to be always there for us. Amen? This psalm was written to encourage his people who trouble in troubled times, not to be fearful, but to step out in faith. My study was called, I, I, I titled it Stepping Out in Faith, because you can't do good works without first stepping out. Stepping out and allowing God to do a work through you. The scripture says in Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. We need to step out, guys. It's, it's, if we don't, if, we, if, we're, if we're the kind of Christians that get saved, and they come, you come to church on, on Sundays, you come to the Bible study on Tuesdays, and you come on Thursdays. But if you're not doing anything other than that, you become stagnant. You become a stagnant Christian. If you're not getting involved in, in something, you become stagnant. You know, you must have reverence for God knowing that you serve him first before anything else. Remember, when you wake up in the morning, say, God, what is your will? For the day. Not I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. God, what do you have for me? Because I guarantee you, if you put God first, you know, it's in, in, in Matthew 6.33, it says, it says uh, put God first in all things and he'll take care of everything else. He'll take care of it. But we got to put him first. Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a, a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and of sound of mind. He's given us the power to do the works. Because he wouldn't ask us to do works if he hasn't first given us and empowered us. Do not allow the standards of the world to imitate you. I mean, intimidate you, especially now in these times. Don't be intimidated by the world, guys, because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to shut down the word of God. They're trying to tell us, no, you can't preach against same-sex marriage. You can't preach against homosexuality. Because it's, it's, now they're going to make it a crime. But you know what? <laughs> Arrest me. 
because, um, it, you know, I can't do anything but preach the, preach the gospel. Because that's, that's salvation. There's a lot of lost people out there that, that need to hear the truth. Now, let's, let's look at James chapter 2, 18 to 23. Verse 18 says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by your works. It's kind of a, a rhetorical type of, of wording because he's saying, <laughs> you know, basically it says, faith can neither, ne- neither be seen nor verified unless it shows itself in works. They have to work together. You can't have one without the other. Like, like Ernie said, like Twinkies, you've got to have both of them. You gotta have faith in works. You can't you can't say, Oh, I love God and then not not do anything. Like it says in the chapters before, you can't say if a brother and sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to him, Depart in peace, be warmed. But you don't give them what you, what they need. What good is that? What good is that? In Hebrews six, nine to twelve, it says, But beloved, We are confident. We are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints. You have done it in the past. You do minister. You're doing it right now. And we desire desire that each one of you Show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Continue to minister. You know, you never retire from ministry, guys. It's something we do until God takes us home. You don't say, well, you know, I've been in the prison ministry for 17 years now. So, you know, I'm going to step down. Because I think a lot of souls have been saved through me. And I could retire now. It's not the case. Because one thing, I don't save souls. The Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit's been building the church ever since Acts. Until now, it hasn't changed. The Word of God hasn't changed. It's the same today as it was yesterday and it will be tomorrow. But you know what? There's a lot of things changing though, right? And it's all against the Word of God. You know, God, we can't compromise the word of God. We can't, we can't go along with what the world says. You see, we have all those, all those uh, seeker-friendly churches now and all those churches compromising the word of God to get people in the, in the, in the pews and, and putting money in the, in the tides, in the tides uh, uh, cup, whatever. But uh, we can't compromise. You know, I, I see our, our pastor, he's a perfect example to us of standing strong on the rock and not compromising anything. And the thing is, our church is growing. I see more and more bodies in there because people are running to the truth. This is the time, guys. This is, this is the time right now. Just think, in the tribulation, there's going to be a revival that we can't even imagine. But they have to go through the tribulation. Let us hear the truth now. Let us hear it now and let us let us stand on the truth. Because I don't want to go through the tribulation. I don't think anybody, I wouldn't wish that for anybody. 
but it will save souls. It says, uh, Salvation, though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints, do minister, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience inherit the promises. That's what I'm looking for, the promise. The promise of heaven. When you read Revelations, you see what heaven is going to be. I mean, we think about the best thing. I mean, we go up in the mountains, we see all this beautiful stuff. But that, has no, that's, that doesn't, won't even compare to what we will see. And that's what I'm looking forward to. And holding on to those, those promises that God has given me. In Matthew 9, 35 to 38. This is, how, this is how Jesus does things. Jesus is so awesome, man. <laughs> Whew, I love him. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Do you guys have compassion to those that are walking around that, that with their heads in the clouds? They don't know what's coming. Do you have that compassion for them? Because we have to have that. They might make fun of us, but you still got to have compassion for them because they're lost. And what's coming, I wish upon nobody. And especially hell, would you wish bad upon anybody? You know, sometimes it's just forgiveness is something we got to dig deep for and have compassion for those. He said, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are, are few. Why is he saying that? I mean, he said it in those days, but look, this country, we have the word of God. The laborers should be plentiful, but they're getting less and less, especially in this country. You see re revivals in Iran, Iraq. You see people, you know, dying to get the Bible. And here we are. We have Bibles. But we're, we're, we're using them as, as things to make our tables uneven or even up our tables and our couches and stuff. This is the most powerful book in the world. It's God's word. Look into the God's word. It's, it's life and life everlasting. He says the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That's you guys, man. Every single person in here is accountable to this saying right here. You know, whether it is you, whether it's your your family's your your ministry, okay. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, I got my family." You know, fine. But once your family gets right, you need to step out. You need to step out. <clears throat> Jesus was our our greatest example of how to share the gospel and how to serve one another. Jesus is the standard, guys. Don't, don't go below that standard. 
seek to be the standard of Jesus to people. I know we can't be. But that's something we reach for all the time. It's to be the standard of our Savior, our God. Be imitators of Christ. Remember when, 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 remember what he asked Peter when he restored him for denying him four, uh, three times? In John 21, 15 to 17, 17. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know, I, I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs, feed my babies. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. Tend my sheep. That means take care of my people. Nourish my people. Love my people. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. Remember the third time they said, aren't you, aren't you one of his? And he got irritated and he started cussing. He said, no, 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 I wasn't with him. Look what he says here. Peter got grieved because he said, said to him a third time. Peter didn't know what was going on. Jesus was restoring him. He denied him three times. He restored him three times. Do you, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. That's what we got to do, guys. <laughs> We're all called to, to, to preach the gospel. Scripture is, is essential to us. He wants us to share the gospel. This is something that we don't lock up in the closet. We have to go out and share the gospel. I've been saved going on 21 years now. And I remember the first year, year and a half, I've only gone to this church. I, I mean, I've lived in Santa Monica and Covina, I've been all, but I will drive to this church. I will drive and sit under Xavier. Not that I worship Xavier, but he teaches the word of God. And it's an essential. Yeah, I mean, we, you, got to, you, got to, you got to feed on the word of God. If you're not feeding on it every day, every day at work, me and my brothers, we have a Bible study at 7, 30, 7 o'clock in the morning. It's the only way to start your day. You've got to eat the word of God, guys. You can't play around. Because as soon as you start start drifting away, you start to find other things to do. You know, I've been working out for 35 years. You know, I know if I don't work out, it gets easier not to work out. Just like it gets easier not to read the Bible. But you got to have people around you accountable. Hey, bro, Bible study. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. It's like, hey, get that other rep, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Got to do it. Once we accept, G accept Jesus, he entrusts us with the word. So we need to be in the word and we are accountable to spread the word. 
See, me and Ernie, we're in the prison ministry, and uh, every time I go in there, we go, I go a couple times a month. Every time I preach the word to these guys, I tell them, no longer are you not accountable to the word of God. Because the word of God, it, it, it doesn't return void. People hear it. Their heart is burning. I know it's burning. Because I've seen, I seen what the Holy Spirit can do. It can break down the hardest man. He'll come out hard as a rock. Oh, okay, preacher, what do you got to say? Well, I'll let the Holy Spirit deal with you, bro. <laughs> and he does. I <laughs> Man, you don't see these things. What I'm trying to say is you don't see these things if you're not out there. You're not out there. You don't see it. You don't see how powerful the Holy Spirit is. How he changes people. They're, by, the, by the end of the study, they're coming up crying. Hey, can you pray for me, bro? You know, what happened to this? What happened to all that mad doggy? Now it's, bro, can you pray for me? And it's, I love it. Because the Holy Spirit break down walls. You can't stand. You can't stand in front of the Holy Spirit because he will run you over. He will run you over. God calls us to be watchmen. Ezekiel 33, 1 to 9. Again, of the, again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man. Speak to the children of, you, of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, the sword comes and takes any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity. He dies in his sin. But his blood I require of the watchman's hand. That blood is on our hands. So, son of man, I have made you a watchman. He has made all of us watchmen. For the house of Israel, but for the house of God. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. And when I say to the wicked, oh, wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn that wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, you, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, and you have delivered your soul. Remember, guys, you know, you know, I just hate to pound our president, but sometimes the things that are need to be said. He's the biggest advocate on, on abortion, biggest present advocate on abortion that we've had. He doesn't care if the baby's coming out. Kill it, he says. If you can't protect the unborn baby, how are you going to protect our nation? 
And he's not doing a very good job, is he? I mean, it's just right in front of us. I'm not trying to. I, I keep hoping that he'll do something good. You know, he made promises to Pastor Saheed's wife. Yeah, I'll do whatever I can. He will. He's sitting at the table across the table from these people. He can say, you know what? Free these, these people. They're Christian brothers of mine because he calls himself a Christian. You know, what, what does God say? If you don't do for your household, the household of God. What kind of what kind of uh, of judgment is going to be on you? I hope he repents. You know, because I can't wish even I don't wish hell for him. Although there's a lot of dying babies, the babies that are have been uh, ripped out of wombs because of him. See, that blood is on him, and everybody that voted for him. That blood is on you too, whoever you may be. You never look at a man's skin color to to make a decision like running a country. You never do that. There's a lot of black men out there that are awesome. But not this one. But he is judgment on this country. Just like Nebuchadnezzar was judgment on the Jews. He has judgment on our country. And there's so many blind people out there. You know, 10 years ago, you know, it was 60-40 against gay marriage. I think if we had another vote, we would have probably, as a nation, voted for gay marriage on the other side. Because that's how fast we're declining. We're depraved. This country's fallen into depravity that I don't think it can dig its way out. But we as a church, we always have a voice. And we have to let the voices be heard. When Nero was killing Christians, burning them and and, and using them as human torches, the church grew. Because of the faith, these people were willing to die and not denounce Christ. Pastor Sahid's willing to die in that prison and not denounce Christ. The pastors in the Sudan, they're not saying, they're not denouncing Christ. They're hanging in there. They know, they know what's coming. They, they believe in the promise. And if this place has nothing for us. Hey, the faster I go, the better off I am. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Boom, we're there. Boom, it's all over. Thank you, Lord. Done deal. Just take me fast, Lord. It says, if you're, hesit- if you're hesitating to step out, pray that the Holy Spirit will give you the boldness to step out in faith for good works. Acts 1, 4 to 8. The book of Acts 1, 4 to 8. This is when um, when the church began. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you, you have heard from me. For Johnny, John, Johnny, John truly baptized. Hey, Johnny, what's up? <laughs> Johnny truly, I mean, John truly, John truly baptized with water. 
but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, when will you, when will you, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know. Times are seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem at home, in all Judea, all the surrounding cities, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You shall preach the word of God no matter what. That is our number one responsibility is to preach the word. I know everybody in this room has at least one gift. Because God wouldn't tell us all to do it if he hasn't gifted us to do it when we get the Holy Spirit. We all have the power to preach the, Holy, to preach the word of God. That's how people get saved. That's, that's, that's what it's all about, brothers and sisters. Amen? That's what it's all about. And in, in Acts 2, 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound, a sound from heaven of, rushing and a, of a rushing and mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon, it, on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, how many people have twisted this around? It says, if you don't speak in tongues, you, are, you, don't, you don't have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Why are they lying? Because we know in the verses in between 5 to 13, they spoke in the tongues of all the people, all the, all the, all the um, languages that were around them, so everybody could know that this was from God. Tongues is a is a prayer language that you that you 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 speak when you're praying to God, and if it's done out here, then somebody interprets it. If nobody interprets it, we get that guy out of here because <laughs> we don't need that. And then. Um, in uh, the same, cha- uh, same chapter 2, 14 to 21, this was Peter's coming out. Peter finally got it. Remember way back when, 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 when they were out there in the boat and it was all rocking around. Jesus came walking out whoo, on the water. And Peter saw him. And Peter said, Lord, ask me to step out too. So Peter stepped out. Boom. I'm walking on water. And then he started looking around. And he started to sink. He took his eyes off Jesus. But you know what? Peter was the only one willing to step out. You know? Everybody gives Peter a bum rap. Because he had a big mouth, but he was one that would step out. And finally, finally, Peter comes full circle. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, 
As you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, it's like 1 o'clock. You know, anybody drinking at 1 o'clock? Well, there's some people are, but, but not the homies. And he said, but this is what was spoken by Joel the prophet. He, he brings this old, 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 uh, old Testament. So they know. Check the scriptures. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out, uh, th- that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall pros- prophesy. The young men shall see visions. The old men shall dream dreams. And you know what? That's happening right now. That is happening right now. It's happening in Iraq and Iran. It's not happening in the United States anymore. Because we've turned a cold, a cold heart to God. But it's happening where people are hungry for the word of God. It's happening right now. It, it, it blows my mind when I read this. And on my men's servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. People are seeing Jesus in dreams in Iraq and Iran and in Korea. They're seeing Jesus. Jesus is telling them, Islam is no, no, no. no." He says, I will show wonders in heavens above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. We get eclipsed all the time, but it's coming a time where that sun's going to be dark. And the moon into blood. We had a blood moon just recently, didn't we? Before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? That's what we're supposed to do. We're out there just, just being vessels. Because you know what? The Holy Spirit will pull you and take you. And he will put people before you. And you've got to be bold enough to say, do you know Jesus? Would you want to know Jesus? If they say no, then fine. You've done what you're supposed to do. You were that watchman. You gave the warning. We are all called to preach the gospels. Christians need to come out of their comfort zone and ask God to use them. See, that's the thing. Okay, I, I went to church on Sunday. I went to the Bible study on Tuesday. Thursday, I'll go to church. Then I'm going to chill. Get all comfortable and watch me a movie this weekend, me and my wife, and we'll kind of hang out. And You know, you know, and, and it's, it's no boast. It's no boast. You know, Ernie, I know, does street witnessing on Friday. He goes into prisons on Sunday. People like him are stepping out. That's why he says the harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of people out there need to be saved, people. The workers are few. Are we going to start stepping out, guys? Because I, you know, I, I do the, we, you know, like we're part of the prison ministry. We go to the missions. But I think I, I'm not doing enough. Because I do have that time. And I'm going, man, what I should be, okay, let me, you know, get into your word or something. Do something. But we need to be out there being those vessels. Because the Holy Spirit says there's a lot of work to do, folks. There's a lot of family members that aren't saved. There's a lot of co-workers that are, are lost. You know, as long as we say something, we, we do some type of, give them some type of scriptures. I mean, this one guy at work, you know, they make fun of me and all that, but it's cool. It's cool. Because if you make fun of me because of Jesus, I, I'm, I'm all right with that. 
you know, and I laugh. But when, when it gets serious, when it gets serious for them, they, they call me and say, hey, Don, can you pray? My daughter's sick. You know, they know where to go. They know where to go. And that's, that's, what, it, that's what it's all about. You can't even, you, you know, the best way to show that you're a Christian is by saying nothing. Living, living what it says. You know, I, I, I mess up. Because, you know, when you work where I work, man, boy, they come with darts all the time. You got to put that full armor on, let me tell you, because they're after you. They're after you. But when it gets serious, can you pray for me, man? Another buddy just broke his ankle, shattered his ankle. It was terrible. I saw pictures. And, you know, he called me up out of the blue the other day and says, Hey, Don, I'm in a bad way. Can you pray for me? Can you pray for my wife? Can you pray for my family? You know, and the guy's got money and everything, but spiritually he feels himself. He feels himself not, not doing good, you know, and he's kind of high on the, the painkillers. And, you know, he said, Hey, are you there, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, Okay, bro, I'll pay for you. I'm sorry to bother you. But it's cool. Because if he had to reach out, I'm glad he reached out to me. Because I went right to prayer for him. I'm glad he reached out to me. Maybe how you fell asleep. The phone was still probably off the hook. But still, I love it. I love it. Isaiah 6 8. It says, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. That's the attitude we got to have, guys. That's, that should be all of our prayer. Hey, you know what, Lord? I'll do it. I'll do it. Just lead and guide and direct. Hey, who wants to go to Nicaragua uh, this, you know, Next month, you know, to go go visit Cal at the church. Oh, man, I, I kind of want to go, but, uh, you know, I don't have the money. Oh, oh somebody gave me. Oh, oh, I do have the money. but uh, <laughs> If there's nothing holding you back, oh, I don't have any vacation time. I can't go. Oh, you got about 90 hours on the book. Bro. Oh, dang. <laughs> kind of step out. God is calling you. The Holy Spirit is calling. If he don't use you, he use somebody else. And somebody else will get blessed because you don't know how much you get blessed. You know, we don't do it for the blessings. But God wants to bless his children. He wants to bless his children. Amen? Shoot. Give me the blessing, Lord. I'll go. Romans 1, 16 to 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And it is written, the just shall live by faith. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Is that why you don't go? Is that why you don't speak to your co-worker? Want to be that closet Christian? I don't do nothing wrong. I don't say nothing either. But I'm good. Hey, God, you love me. You can't be ashamed. You can't be ashamed to step out, guys. Because, uh, like I said, God will use somebody else. 2 Timothy 
4, 1 to 5, it says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come where they will not endure. Sound doctrine. We're there, guys. They want to listen to Joel Olstein. Hi. <laughs> Jesus loves you. Hey, Joel, are uh, Mormons Christians? Hi. I'm not to judge you. I'm not here to judge that. Never, never a yes or no answer from that guy. He's not a judge. Hi. Him and his wife. Oh, I want to slap him sometimes. No, I pray for Joel. Maybe, maybe he'll turn around, you know? You never know. You never know. He says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching hairs. They will heap up for themselves teachers. The emerging church. Hey, I don't like the way that guy preaches. Hey, Xavier, you're off the radio now. Because you just, you, you convict people, man. You can't have that. That don't bring people in our pews. Let's make them feel good. And they will turn their ears away from the truth. That's what's happening, guys. And turn aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Now, that's one gift, I think, that God has given me to be an evangelist. I'm not a really good pastor teacher. I mean, I mean, I will teach because this is equipping me. Our pastors are, you know, ask us to, if you're going to head up a ministry, you have to teach. So it gives me courage because, you know, I, I'm scared to death. When I got to teach to my brothers and sisters, you know, it's like, oh, man, they're going to pick me apart, man. <laughs> I'm like, it's, gonna be, it's like a fire squad. I got a big target on me. But he's looking at me, okay, what do you got to say, Don? I go into prison. I'm like, well, what up, guys? I could teach all day long there. And, you know, shut up. Sit down. But here it's like, you know, I got to be, I got to be on the ball. You guys make me study. <sighs> and, then, <laughs> and you know, when I'm studying, there's smoke coming out of these ears, man, because my brain that never worked that hard. You know, I'm not always the sharpest pencil in the bunch. So I always tell him, if God can use me, whew, he can use anybody. Use the donkey, you know. Use me. Second Timothy 3.16 to 17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Don't doubt yourselves. You are equipped. All you need is this. They go, oh, I read all these commentaries. And I don't read commentaries. When I, when I prepare for a study, you know, I just, I'm reading the text and whatever the Holy Spirit tells me. 
I, I, I start to read commentary. I go, okay, I'm going to be like all the smart guys. I'm going to start reading the commentary. And, and I'm confused now. Okay, so what did this thing say? <clears throat> when, the, when, the, when, the, when the Holy Spirit gave it to me in the beginning. Don't doubt yourself. You know, God wants us up here. God wants you to spread his word. He wants you to encourage the brothers and sisters. He wants the word to go out. And then he wants you guys to take it out. But it's not only preaching and teaching. It's, it's, it's serving. It's serving in the ushers ministry, the, the, the mission fields, hospitality ministry, children's ministry. Whatever it may be, guys. I mean, our ushers are thin. I see a lot of able bodies in here. I'm just saying. You know, just saying. Verse 19. We already we just got through. Time. Oh, shoot. I ain't going to rush it, though. Luke 8. Okay, verse 19. I better get back to yeah, okay, thanks, bro. It says, you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. 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 Luke eight twenty six to 33. Then they sailed to the country of, of Gardenians, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? He knew who he was. All the demons know, because all the demons are fallen angels. They all know. I beg you, he says. Fat fingers, man. They just don't work sometimes. Do not tor- torment me, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. He had a legion. Thousand, couple thousand. I don't know. It's a lot, a lot of demons in there. And he begged him that he would not command them to go into the abyss. Just go out there, because demons have to possess something. And now a herd of many swine were feeding there on the mountain. So, so they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine and and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. Jesus is God. Jesus has control of everything. You know, so many people have the idea that that Satan has just as much power as God. No, God, Satan has to come and ask permission. When when he when when Job was 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 tormented. Satan had to ask God. If well, look at Job, man. He's kind of comfortable. And what did God call him? God called him a just man. Call him a just man. God was happy with Job. 
Job never lost his integrity. He went through a lot, too. I don't know if I could have done that. That's why God picks certain people. He knows what you can handle. <laughs> I've been crying like a baby. Shoot. Don't mess with me. And it says, you know, what, you know, I, I've told you a couple times, we go into county jail, I go into county jail. And one day that all the floors were filled, so I went with one of the, with the, one of the chaplains up to the, to the floor where the mentally disturbed people are, you know. So you talk to these people behind a metal door and there's a square glass and you talk to them. Do you want to to know? I saw this firsthand experience with demons and how they they react to the word of God. I said, you knock on, you go to each one of these, you knock on the thing, do you want prayer? And the guy walked up. And he stood there, and I couldn't even see his, his eyes were black. Do you want prayer? No. Leave me. Okay, I'll go to the next one. You want prayer? And these men are butt naked. Some of them are butt naked. Some of them just have a, a padded thing, because they've taken off the padded thing, and they're sitting in their feces. It's, it's not a pretty sight, people. But it's a sight I needed to see. Because this is real. How can a human being be like that if, it's, if there's not something in him that's causing this? But they react. Do you want prayer? He had feces. He had it all over the wall. Yes, can you pray for me? And he stood there. And I prayed for him, put my hand on the glass, prayed for this man. You have to endure, because it wasn't smelling very nice. And you have to endure. But these are things you don't see if you're not out there, guys. You have to be stepping out in faith and doing the works that God wants you to do. Even if you have to sometimes endure bad situations. And, and your heart goes out because you have so much compassion for these people. You want him well. You want him, Lord, just to change him right now. Change his mind right now. Because they have that moment of clarity where they do hear the word of God because it pierces you. It pierces you. Prayer pierces you. Jesus pierces you. He knocks down those walls. What a what an awesome thing. You have to step out, people. You can't just be a pew, a pew sitter to see things like that. That's crazy. Verse 20. But you, but do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Once again, he says, he says it in 17. He says, thus also faith by itself, it does not have works, it's dead. He says it right here. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Then he goes over here in, um, in 26 and he says, For as the bodies without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And the Bible says what that means, dead means useless. Your faith is useless. So don't come here sitting in pews 
and saying how much you love God. And you're not out there being used by him. You know, James, James don't fool around. He's like Xavier. He just hits you hard. He'll sock you in the jaw if he has to. And it gets to you. You listen. You know, it convicts you. If you're not convicted by the word of God and out there serving right now, then I don't know what you're listening to. In verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? And 22, do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect in Genesis 22 7 to 12 it said but Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said my father and he said here I am son here I am my son then he said look the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for the burnt offering and Abraham said my son God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering so the two of them went together. So they're going on this journey up to, to the mountain. How much anguish you think Abraham was going through, knowing what he had to do? John, John Martinez, he, he taught on this, man, and, and he made it real. When he said, you know, you're walking with your son, your only son, because Ishmael wasn't in the picture. He was still his son, but he wasn't the son of promise. And they're walking and and he's thinking this whole time, I gotta, I gotta kill my son. I gotta kill my boy. I got a boy. It's it's like, and I have two daughters. It's like when uh, in, in 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 Judges when Jephthah made that vow that when he got back he had to sacrifice his daughter. How, you know, you're, you're thinking, I can't do that. But Abraham wasn't that foolish. And um, then, he, then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and bound Isaac. And Isaac was obedient enough because Isaac was, was about 18, 19 years old. He was, a boy, he was a big man probably by now. Abraham was what, almost 100 years old? I, you know, I wouldn't try to bound my kid right now. He's 17. And he's like, Phew. you know, but... Isaac said, okay, dad, whatever, you know, he let him bound him and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife. I mean, he's laying down. Abraham probably took and had the knife, was ready to slit his throat. Ready to slit his throat. Took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. When you hear the Lord call, do you guys say, here I am? You got to start listening for that, that soft voice, that quiet voice that talks to you all the time. Because I hear it all the time. Not that I hear voices, but... <laughs> Go kill them people now. <laughs> no, I'm not alluding to <laughs> But here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on that lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. 
and 22, in Hebrews 11, 17, 20. But by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son because he knew the promise had to come through Isaac. He's going, man, how's God going to do this? Of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. From which he also received him in a figurative, figurative sense. By faith, Isaac then passed on that faith to Jacob and Esau concerning things to come, Esau. But um, faith like that is, is you, you got you to gotta, you read these guys. You got you to gotta see what they did. This is all real. It's not a fairy tale. You know, people think the Bible is just a big fairy tale. It's not. You've got to take the word of God serious. Abraham faith had faith in the power of God. And if you remember that that was faith, that was faithful to provide the sacrifice, and how God was faithful to provide the sacrifice, and how fitting it was a lamb caught in the thickets out of nowhere. God instantly provided, and then he called that place. God will provide. But that was a, a little look in the glass of something that was going to come. And that was about his son. And 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Faith works, and obedience. God was so pleased with Abraham, he called him a friend. Things to aspire to, guys. Not only was he a son of, you know, a son of God, just like we are all children of God, but God put him in that middle level as a friend. Because I know I can count on you. God wants to count on us, guys. He don't need us. Doesn't need any of us. But we need him. And when he uses us, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you for this message. Thank you for teaching me, Lord. Because I'm a knucklehead, Lord. And I just know that I need you, Lord. I need you every second of my life. And Lord, I pray for all the people out here as they go home right now. Let them just meditate on the word, Lord. Lord, let the, 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 the words that came out of my mouth by the Holy Spirit be something that they'll remember, Lord. Something that they'll think about. Something that I'll think about, Lord. I thank you for your spirit, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for, for the ministries, Lord, and for all these brothers and sisters of mine, Lord. This family of mine, Lord. So awesome, Lord. You are so awesome. Thank you, Father God, for this day. We give you all praise, honor, and glory, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.